0: Welcome to the Bold Podcast, a podcast designed to make you want to challenge yourself in your personal, emotional, spiritual, and family life to be bold, to share more of yourself with others, to live a life of passion, purpose, and authenticity. Bring it. Welcome back.
1: Two weeks in a row. This is hugely exciting. (laughs) So excited. We're back for episode two of season two. So excited. We are talking about uh, the book Into His Likeness by Edward Tree. Um, we're going to talk about part one today, but let's start with our check-in. We don't have to recap an entire pandemic and, and months and months of time. We just get to recap the past week. So Janelle, what is your, what's your high for the week?
0: Well, on Saturday, my little niece, my great niece got to come up and hang out with us. And we went into the city. We went over on to 23rd and just kind of walked around and, um, explored a little bit with my girls and my niece. And, um, it was just a really good day. And then my sister and her girls came over and mm-hmm. we got, got to hang out. My niece was getting her wedding dress. So I was pretty excited was awesome. for her, but, um, yeah, it was just a good, good weekend. Um, good family time. Um, just time connecting with kids and my husband, it was just a good time. So that was probably me my high definitely of this last week. Awesome. How
1: about you? 23rd sounds so far away. Like I literally, I just realized how small my world has been because going to 23rd used to be like no big deal, just over the hill. And now it feels like it's hours and hours away. <laughs> awesome. Um, my high is, I think this week, um, my mom came up and hung out with Nora on Monday, um, which she does, she used to do every Monday pre-pandemic and now it's kind of off and on with schedules and stuff. Um, but she came to have a Nora and Oma day, which was fun to see and so good for Nora because she's definitely growing tired of Greg and I. <laughs> so it was just fun to see that bond. And then um, my in-laws actually came up for a couple days too this week on Tuesday, Wednesday and they got their Nora time. Um, so which I know is it feels very risky that we had them so visit so close together. But just all of that family time um, was super special for Nora to be able to hang out with her, her grandma and grandpas and do all of that. And it gave Greg and I a little bit of time to catch up on work too, which was nice. So um, but yeah, just watching that relationship, I think was definitely those relationships was the high. Um, what about a low for you?
0: My low probably is just been people close to me just being hurt and sick and, you know, just feeling very wounded. Mm-hmm. I've had a few phone calls of from people and just mm-hmm. conversations with people that are just feeling really lost and um, alone mm-hmm. and isolated. So mm-hmm. that's definitely been my low this yeah. week, but. I know Jesus has a plan. So um, I just was feeling a little bit defeated at the beginning of the week, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I know that he has a plan and it's going to be good. So, yeah.
1: I think that's How a, I think that's a trend right now. Um, yeah. My dad in, in counseling said that they're hitting a point, you know, in counseling where people are growing weary just of everything going on. That it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, compounding. Um, my low, I think had a pretty good week. I think just the low of like, there's just not enough hours in the day. Um, I mean, even though we don't go anywhere, it's, I just have less time to get anything done, just trying to do everything all in one place. So just, and trying to be at peace with that, that my to-do list really isn't that important. And (laughs) I think it actually fits in really well into the book and like what we need to be focusing on. Um, So it was kind of a good time to be reading this because I feel like I have this laundry list that, doesn't go away at all. So um, yeah, just that a simple one. Um, what about God moment?
0: Definitely God moment has been extra prayer time this week. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, I, I think what you said earlier about the weariness sets uh-huh. in, you know, you're, yeah. you're kind of stuck in your own routine of uh-huh. the day in day yeah. out grind. And I was really good with my prayer time for a long time, uh-huh. but I'm kind of, because I'm in the same space and I've kind of been doing the same thing I kind of need to mix it up I'm finishing my Bible mm-hmm. in a year plan uh-huh. almost done wow. but it's been this last couple of weeks have been so hard uh-huh. I've read the entire Bible and it's just I've been it's been hard so I'm yeah. ready for a change in my prayer time yeah but I'm uh-huh. seeing I'm seeing some growth in that area as well uh-huh. some disciplines that um, uh-huh. that God is trying to get me more focused in on. And so that's definitely been a God moment, but it's been hard at the same time. (laughs) A challenging God moment, I should say.
1: Yeah. They're not always like fluffy. They're hard sometimes. Right?
0: (laughs) That's definitely at the heart of it here. And we'll talk, I think it goes into what we're talking about well today.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Um my GMO, I think, is the cutest GMO ever yet so far. Um the other night on I think Monday night, um Greg had to put Nora to bed without me and I had to work. And, um, so they were, they, we have our routine where, you know, she plays for a couple minutes, reads a book, and then we turn off the lights and we say our prayers and we sing a song. And so he had to do prayers without, without me. And so, you know, it's pretty easy, you know, she does the God bless, you know, mommy, daddy, all that stuff, but we always say a Hail Mary. And so she's like, daddy, Hail Mary. And he's like, oh, I don't know my Hail Mary. So they looked it up on YouTube together and they like prayed it together. And then, um, I was able to be done with work just in time to like sneak in and give her a hug before bed. And so apparently that Mary didn't quite cut it for her. So she's like, mama, Hail Mary. <laughs> and So we prayed it again, but as we were praying it, Greg was saying it with us. And I was like, you do know more of it than you think you do. So conversion through the child (laughs) it was just very sweet and cute and I'm like I just it warmed my heart that he was still like trying to honor and do that even though I wasn't there um so and God bless YouTube for helping him out (laughs) I think Mary had a hand in that too for sure oh for sure (laughs) it's like come on Greg we'll do it we got this (laughs) oh that's beautiful
0: that's beautiful
1: all right so part one of into his likeness um we're just going to kind of go through, um, it's, I think four, five little, five little chapters in here. And there's some discussion questions, but Janelle and I kind of tend to just, we go through our, you know, what we underlined, what we found interesting, what was hard about it. Um, so the introduction is titled, do you love me? Um, and it's all about, um, Jesus asking Peter if he loves him. Um and I had actually underlined a lot from the introduction <laughs> and just I thought, did too,
0: actually. Yeah, that
1: was actually I think the most impactful kind of impactful part um for me. Um just talking about how Jesus is asking for that agape love, that unconditional love. Um, and Peter doesn't have that ability. And instead of just like disregarding that, Jesus comes down to his level and just doesn't demand that. Peter meets Jesus where Jesus is but like comes down to his level and then um, what I thought was profound he says Jesus accepts the imperfect human love of Peter's and transforms it into agape love and just that kind of us having to be willing to recognize what level we're at and what we can offer instead of trying to put up the front like we have it all together and for people like me that are perfectionists we want to like present ourselves like <laughs> in this perfect way to god but that it's really just offering what we have and letting him do the the transformative work Mm
0: -hmm. And the fact that he, that Jesus desires for us to be transformed. He wants each of us to have that transformation that that Peter had um, during his lifetime. If you look at the Peter at the beginning of his walk with the Lord, and then where he ended it, Uh being our first Pope and dying. An upside down crucifixion and realm. Like yeah. that growth and that journey is exactly yeah. what this book is talking about, that growth and mm-hmm. in, in discipleship and, and that it's a process. Mm-hmm. Um, in yeah. the beginning, Peter was Peter was not willing to love Jesus in the same way that Jesus desired Peter mm-hmm. to love him. But like you yeah. said, um mm-hmm. Jesus meets yeah. us wherever we're at. And some of us are, you know, in different places in our journey and encountering Jesus in different ways and mm-hmm. j- Jesus just continues to meet us where we're at, and even when we fall back yeah. a step, and He just continues to uh-huh. meet us and and yeah. help us and pick us up. Uh-huh. Yeah, we need to be picked up, especially yeah. during 2020 when yeah. we really might need to be picked up.
1: <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh. Um, and then it goes into just talking about being a disciple and just that. Um, that keyword of like imitation of imitate imitating um the person that you strive to be and just our call to imitate christ and i love that it says um, a disciple humbly recognizes two things the truth about himself his many weaknesses failures and areas where he falls short of living like christ and the truth about what he's made for being conformed to the image of christ living like him loving like him that agape agape love um yeah beautiful I think I never really distinguished like being a Christian and being a disciple as being two different things. Like that's something I remember. um, I think father Sean was the one that said it a few years ago that I was like, Oh, Oh, there is kind of a different, there's different levels, right. To our, to our faith in that sense of like, you know, anyone can like be a Christian and believe in Jesus or whatever, but the discipleship, I think what he said was like, discipleship requires action that it's not just that, like, Oh, and, and the book kind of goes on to talk about the like, oh, I do my prayers, I do these things or whatever. But that act of like following and, and action that comes with it is
0: you're willing to make the conversion. You're mm-hmm. willing to drop your net and follow and mm-hmm. do what the Lord wants you to do and the Lord wants you to say and what the Lord mm-hmm. wants you, you know, what kind of life he wants you to live. That's being yeah. a disciple. And that mm-hmm. that requires sacrifice. Yeah. And not all of us are willing to make those sacrifices at every given time in our lives. Like there's times when I've been willing to make them Uh and other times where it's been really difficult. My, my money bags, Uh as, as it talks about in the book that Matthew, the tax collector left behind his money bags to follow Uh Jesus. And sometimes our money bags that we're leaving behind seem impossible to let go of. Uh And sometimes we can't let go of them mm-hmm. we're yeah. still trying to hold on to them or yeah. we find new money bags to hold on to totally. <laughs> over time
1: totally that was one of that whole first chapter on following was all about that story of saint matthew and um the question one of the reflection questions was um in that moment saint matthew is probably tempted to cling to his money bags what keeps you from following christ more fully what money bags might jesus be asking you to let go of and i think exactly what you said like sometimes Sometimes it's a it's a thing or it's a situation or whatever that you can like let go of and it's done. But sometimes it's an ongoing. Like, I mean, for me, it's like my control issues and my trust issues, like those are ongoing money bags that kind of fall in where like I'll be good for a while, but then like I cling back to it, or you know? And so it's a that ongoing, ongoing conversion, like you said, and process for sure.
0: Um,
1: I didn't really have anything. Most of that follow me was about the story of St. Matthew. Um
0: I liked how he talked about um, the little nudges of God. Yes, and we've talked about that before, like those Uh little Holy Spirit inspiration Uh that you get um, from God, saying you need to do this. Like I've been getting a lot of those lately, and I'm I know that you know sometimes I make good choices, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that today, or I'm going to be good and like get this done before I do that, or whatever the choice may be. But I can feel God kind of nudging me, like. Janelle, you haven't spent any time with me today or, oh, Janelle, you need to be kinder to your Mm -hmm. children or your Mm -hmm. spouse, or you need Mm -hmm. to, you know, do something that's not about you today, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, those little inspirations of the Holy spirit and being open to those, I think is what I got out of that chapter for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think those nudges
1: too. What's important about the nudges is like, sometimes we don't lean in because we think it's like everything when God speaks to us, it's going to be this huge, like huge conversion and huge thing we need to change. But sometimes it's just a small, small thing, like that taking that time, like whatever, taking time to engage in a conversation with the grocery store clerk or whoever, like those small like nudges that we get, like, oh, I should have helped that person or, oh, I should have said something. Like sometimes it's just that one thing or it's a 30 second thing And then we go about our day, but it may impact someone else in a different way. It may cause a ripple effect. It may, I mean, um, just, just small things. I mean, the other day I went to grocery store and the cashier was in a very bad mood and I was kind of taken aback by it because I was just kind of surprised and definitely like I got done and I was like, it could have put me in a really bad mood. And instead, I just texted my family and I was like, let's all say a prayer for him because I don't think it was my olives and eggs that pushed him over the edge, but like something's going on there. So let's just pray for that gentleman because he's having a rough day, right? Instead of, and part of that nudge was me not just steeping in that, like, what a jerk, like, you know, but just, okay. Pray, lift it up, move on. All right. Chapter two, total commitment. Um, This chapter was talking about um I think it's really I think it's a good thing for us to be thinking about of you know Jesus God being you know one of the many things in our life that's important or the center um and just kind of what that looks like what are we clinging to it goes like you know where your heart where your treasure is there your heart will also be um and it goes on talking about like true happiness like are you happy what are we you know what are we clinging to that we think brings us happiness but it's getting in the way of of more true and pure happiness um it
0: did you go ahead i liked how it talked about are you a true follower of jesus or just a fan uh-huh. So it talks about a lot of people know a lot about Jesus or uh-huh. they go to mass every Sunday and they feel like uh-huh. they're doing all the right things. And they may be uh-huh. a fan of Jesus, but are they actually following Jesus? Uh-huh. And that's something like that takes a lot of like thoughtful uh-huh. thinking about. And once Jesus opens you up to kind of thinking about those things a little bit more closely, uh-huh. um, you may not even be realizing that you're you're just a fangirl or a fan yeah. boy yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, I, and I've been there. I've yeah. been the fangirl and I, yeah. I sometimes just am. I, yeah. I sometimes find myself thinking, I'm like, am I just a fan of Jesus or am I actually following him? Am i actually doing what he's calling me to do because what he's calling me to do is a lot harder Oh
1: yeah,
0: than you would even yeah. think. Like yeah. it requires a lot yeah. of sacrifice yeah. and a lot of surrender. Yeah surrendering like what you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. of your control of your mm-hmm. ambition of mm-hmm. your your own mm-hmm. needs yeah. your mm-hmm. own wants to put others first and that mm-hmm. is such a hard call mm-hmm. it's a total yeah. commitment and it's not a mm-hmm. fangirl thing it's mm-hmm. a yeah. I desire to surrender to you Jesus because you're mm-hmm. my lord and my savior thing and that's mm-hmm. that's hard yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think some of the fear that comes with that is that then by surrendering that, that God's going to take all that away or that, you know, there's just the fear of the kind of the unknown of like, but this is what I know. And this is what important, you know, what's important and kind of feeling it like, Oh, what if, you know, what if God says no to that, trying to start that, if it's something, you know, you want, but I, I like that it said, um, on page 14, when it's saying, when it's talking about not just a part of our lives, but the center, um, he says things that we used to think we're really important money, success, comfort, possessions, reputations, dreams for our kids, blah, 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 are now seen through the lens of Jesus. This doesn't necessarily mean we must give up all our dreams, hopes, possessions, and enjoyments of this world, but we must put our relationship with Jesus above all these things. And I think that that's the key is when we move God to the center, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that some of those things are going to go away, but it reprioritizes things. And it gives gives things the correct value right like it it changes it makes your relationships stronger it changes the way you enter into relationships with people it 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 changes the way you look at uh, you know what's really important where your priorities lie all of that so i think it's not always i mean it's easy to live in the fear or lean into the fear of like oh no if i surrender then i have to give up all these things and it's not necessarily like there is like you do have to give up something to attain something better right you have to let go of the old to do something new but like God enriches so many of those things for you in ways that you can't do when you're just clinging onto it on your, on your own. Amen. Sister preach. Yeah. I love it. Um, And then I love, I just, it's so funny. I feel like this for the past like couple months, this phrase, uh, maybe it's just because it's 2020 and this pandemic and everything but um there was a the quote from St. Augustine that my heart was restless because it did not rest in God and that like is it Audrey Assad that is she the one that sings restless yeah, restless. yeah, yeah. yeah that like song that has been like coming back into my day like regularly over like the past month and I think and that is, I think, especially, I mean, you know, even just transitioning to a new job and everything, just that like surrender, like there's a lot you have to surrender anytime you're doing something new. And so I just think that was such a beautiful, I love, I feel like that was a little like God thing to me of like, if I'm putting that back in there, remember,
0: like, remember this, remember, surrender, keep surrendering. Um, and I think also just like, the, that Jesus being the Lord of our lives, uh-huh. we do have to surrender to him, but he has lordship over us. Uh-huh. And so that is a phrase uh-huh. that as, tw- you know, people of the 21st century, like uh-huh. we don't really understand what that even means. Like, yeah. what does it mean to have yeah. someone Lord over your life? Cause we don't live in a, in a, uh-huh. a society that has Lords and ladies uh-huh. and like, you know, that has like yeah such control over, uh-huh. um, your life. But uh-huh. I think in the sense of allowing Jesus to be Lord of our life, what it actually gives us is freedom uh-huh. yeah. because we no longer have to try to control all of that. We can let uh-huh. him be uh-huh. the drive in the driver's seat, you know, Jesus yeah. take yeah. the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> My middle I yeah. always love that song, but <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah. like we allow him to do that and it, it gives us the freedom to, um, okay grow and change yeah. and learn from the best teacher that we could possibly have but also our lord mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah the freedom that comes with with that in discipleship that like that idea of discipline being like oh discipline is just rules but it's about freedom and how to i mean it applies to so many things that you know when we're disciplined in something it, it frees us up for so much uh all right should we move on to number three yeah in the dust of the rabbi um this is really beautiful it was really fun to think about um because like apprenticeship it just makes me think of amanda because when amanda was yeah. with us like it was an apprentice it was not an internship it was an apprenticeship and it was so funny like oh this is amanda she's my apprentice and it it was um I don't know. I just, it, it, this just kind of this chapter reminded me of that and, and our relationship and working together. And I mean, you, I think can speak to this too, like, cause we were all the three of us, such a, a team that it's not just like, oh, here, go do this. Or like, you know, in youth ministry, like, oh, here, Amanda, here's how you do a youth night. Here's how you outline it or whatever. Like she got so much more out of that relationship when it was the three of us like doing something together, like together. doing a ministry or like watching someone like have an interaction like there were a couple times where she's like oh I was so mad at that person but then you handled it this way and like totally opened my eyes to how you know a different way of looking at it and for I mean as much as you know we need to follow someone like we're all called to follow someone that's holier than us right like we're all supposed to follow Jesus we all need to have people in our lives that are living holier than we are like you know looking up to you and your prayer life to help make me and my prayer life, mimic, you know, mimic what Janelle does. She's an awesome disciple and all that. But we also have people who are supposed to, that are supposed to come with us and, and we're supposed to teach. But I also think it's true. And I mean, this is obviously different. I think, you know, Jesus is Lord and he is God, but in our sense, like just in anything that we do of service, like, I mean, I learned just as much from Amanda when she was an apprentice, you know, as she learned from me. And it just, I think that that's just such a beautiful, Everything in this chapter is just such a beautiful, I think, description of, you know, the apprentices, like following the rabbi and, you know, them being all dusty from the dust on his feet, following so closely and imitating. I just thought that was really beautiful.
0: I like this, this quote, it says over the course of many weeks and months, the disciples absorb much of Jesus's way of living. They notice the way he wakes up early to pray and the time he has in solitude with God. They witness his compassion in helping the sick, the blind, the lepers, and others who are suffering. They are struck by his pressing need to go out to the peripheries, to those who are sinners, Gentiles, or social outcasts, and invite them into his kingdom. They also observe the way Jesus debates his opponents, the way he teaches the crowds, how he calls people to repent, and how he offers them love and mercy. Over time, they begin to absorb this way of life. That in a nutshell is yeah. discipleship. Uh-huh. All those things. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it feels overwhelming to think about. Oh my gosh, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. Uh-huh. But no, all of us uh-huh. on all of those things are at different levels of uh-huh. of yeah. growth, right? Yeah. And our job as disciples is to just take steps towards them.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, take yeah. take the next the next step, do uh-huh. the next right thing.
1: Right. Amen.
0: Anyway. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think um, Rachel Hollis has a quote about how like you're a combination of like the five people that you spend the most time with. Just like that, like like you take on habits of people that you are in contact with. You take like you, whether we want to or not, we model that, right? And so paying attention to who who is in our close circle, who we want who we want to you know model after, and then who we want you know well, you know, if our kids are looking up to us and stuff, what we want to model, model for them. I think one of the um, questions at the end of this chapter was how does, how does the idea of discipleship as an apprentice and imitation of the master change the way you view your life as a Christian? What is most inspiring about it? What is most intimidating about it? Um, there was a Father Mike Schmidt's video that I saw a while back and it was about like living the Christian life. And he posed a question that was, you know, the people that you hang out with, are they are they on their way to sainthood, or are they just becoming moderately better people? And like if you think of it, like you're like, whoa, okay, like what am I doing? How like is it how surface level is it? Are we going deeper? Are we really challenging, you know, others and ourselves and and setting that example? because um, everything you were talking about, that that surrender is intense
0: (laughs) it's intense right yeah it's the struggle yeah Uh, the next chapter is
1: called struggle
0: yeah i think (laughs) we talked quite a bit about that already yeah um Um, what i did uh,
1: like and this i think is coming up a lot right now um on page 36 was just talking about it was uh i think it was referencing actually pope francis and the joy of the gospel just that mm -hmm. constant internal renewal of christ and how, and that I think has been popping up a lot just in, in the world right now. And there's so much division and so many opinions and so many hardships right now, this constant, like looking inward and internal conversion and kind of focusing on self first, instead of trying to fix all the exterior things um, that just in reading that in this week, in this time, just um, is a theme that I've been Seen a lot in, in some other, th- in a lot of ways right now, just that internal, like, very personal renewal of, renewal in Christ. Um, oh, there was one other thing, um, it talked about, um, It says, we Christians can sometimes adopt a similar attitude. If we believe in God, show up to mass each week, give up something for Lent, try to be good to others, and maybe even volunteer for something at the parish, we feel pretty good about ourselves. We tell ourselves, I go to church. I'm nice to people. I don't murder or rob banks. I'm doing okay as a Christian. But to strive to be a great Catholic? No, that's not for me. That's only for the really holy people like Mother Teresa and the Pope. Um, And I just, this is, I had a conversation with someone today that was wanting to, is wanting to join RCIA, and she was just she was just telling me, I was asking her just about her story, and she was just telling me about people in her life that she just, like, she sees there like, there's something in their life that's different, and it just it reminded me of, like, the Matthew Kelly, like, Rediscover Catholicism, just, like, people are looking for that authentic relationship, they're looking, they don't want to just, oh, cool, here's the list of things you need to do to be Christian, like, they want to see people living it out, and And when you see it in an authentic way, it's attractive and you recognize it because it's something different. And so that was just refreshing to hear, you know, her talk about, you know, these people, they have something and I, it's different and I want that. I'm like, yeah, amen.
0: Amen. That's awesome. All right. Not perfect, but chosen. Jesus calls us to be his disciples. It talks about um, we don't choose Jesus. He chooses us. And there's people that he's put in our lives from the time we were born that um, lead us to him. Uh And just looking back in my life, I can see all the little steps that I made closer and closer to Jesus. And who knows what the next, how many years will give me, you know, who, what people God will bring into my life to help me to follow him. And some of those people may not even be alive right now. They could be saints in heaven that I'm praying to right now or praying with and, um, asking them to intercede for me. Uh Um, as Catholics, we don't pray to saints. I just wanted to clarify that. (laughs) Is any Protestants were like, what did she just say? No, I pray to pray with, (laughs) with. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So like all of that time that, that, that God nurtures on our hearts to, to yeah. draw us closer to him. I can just think uh-huh. of some of the, you know, the first conversations I had, um, about Christianity with people. Yeah. Um, I can still remember those conversations and yeah. the topics. And yeah. one of the main ones was, you know, it, how it talks about actually in here about Jesus. He's either who he says he is, he's uh-huh. a lunatic or he's a liar. And that uh-huh. comes from CS Lewis's book, mere Christianity. Uh-huh. And that's always been go-to quote because that hit me so hard when Uh I was a young adult when I started to think about the life of Jesus and Uh what who he says he is and who other people say he is Uh um that just that hit me a lot and I don't know if Uh it was in this chapter but it was somewhere (laughs) yeah yeah I remember
1: oh yeah it was yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it had me doing the same thing thinking of just kind of doing this like little like timeline of my life and all the people that, you know, have walked with me and my faith in different times and just those relationships and communities and how like each little piece, you know, it's all pieces of the puzzle and, and part of the journey. Um, and I just love, I think my overall thing from this was the like, Jesus's disciples are not models of per- perfection, they're models of a process and just how this is a constant like process and progression and like it, you know, just we have to be the mindset of like, we are excellent candidates for saints because we are hot messes and the saints were all hot messes too. And they just grew in, in their holiness. And mm-hmm. that's what, what we're called to do. So
0: we, you yeah. Know. The gift of Christ dwelling within us is what the church calls sanctifying grace, mm-hmm. the grace that sanctifies and sanctify means to make holy. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that, that actually you can tap in as a disciple is this, Uh this Uh continued way of making yourself more more and more imitator of Christ is through Uh this grace. He gives it, gives it to us willingly. We don't need to do anything with it. We just have to tap into the power of the Holy spirit within us. And I just love that. Yeah and
1: that's something I never really was good at like I was never good at that prayer of like okay God give me grace to do this like that was never kind of my way of prayer or doing things but once this pandemic hit and we were at home and it was like okay God I need grace to get through these next 10 minutes like it's you know and it when you really do think about that and lean on God and lean on the Holy Spirit in that way throughout the day it it changes things and it 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 creates some lasting change and better habits and helps you in those holy moments. And, and definitely it can put you a little closer to sainthood If we lean into it enough.
0: <laughs> Amen. Awesome. All right. That's all I have. I thought this was really good. Yeah. Good discussion. Yeah. So next week we're going to be talking about, um, the encounter, the encounter. So meeting God in the Valley, drunk with love, forgiven and real healing, real change. I'm excited. Awesome, But before we do that, our gluttony this week. So Uh Kristen and I are Uh participating in a national day of prayer and fasting Uh today on September 24th. So that's when we're recording. So we're not going to do a gluttony today Uh in honor of that day of prayer and fasting. And that was a proclamation that started by Abraham Lincoln during the beginning of the civil war. He proclaimed Uh for three years in a row, a national day of prayer and fasting. So, um, acts 29, Uh Ministry has decided that we're going to participate in this again this year on the last or uh, this third Thursday of September. So that's, or the last Thursday of September, I guess, is what today is. So anyway, today, so today, instead of our gluttony, we are going to do our sushi pay prayer, which is from Saint Ignatius of Loyola, uh-huh. and it's mentioned in this book, and it's also a prayer that Chris and I are very familiar with. Uh-huh. We pray it um, before Mass at Saint Pius X. Uh-huh. But um, it's a beautiful prayer. So if you're not familiar with it, um, we'll pray. I'll pray it for yeah. you today in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Take Lord and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will all I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything I have, give to me according to thy will. Give me only thy love and thy grace, for this is sufficient for me. Amen. Amen. The the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I kind of messed up because the version <laughs> in the book is different than the it's version. different, I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I should have well, looked yeah. at that. It's a beautiful prayer, nonetheless. Um, So Kristen, how are you bold? How
1: are you bold? Okay. Um, How was I bold? I think um, mine actually, I think a lot of this book kind of, um, spoke to me this week and how I've just been, been trying to be, um, more intentional about moving a little bit more slowly in, in just in life and in the work I'm doing that I'm leaning on prayer and listening to God a little bit more than just doing the like bulldozing my to-do list, like go get it all done. Um, that I'm trying to, to slow down a little bit and really listen. And so, um, I think that that book actually reading that book has helped me a couple of times, like you know, even yesterday in work, just having a couple moments of like, Oh, I got to slow down. Like I'm moving too. I'm not, I'm just moving too fast. This might be too much my agenda versus like what we really need to do. So just trying to listen to that, which is sometimes I don't want to listen to it. Sometimes I just want to <laughs> do what I want to do. So trying to be Amen. bold with myself and,
0: and hold myself accountable to that, that That's awesome. prayer and listening. How about you? Well, I, um, I was kind of getting down on myself a couple of weeks ago because I was like, ah, I need to be preaching the gospel. I need to be like out in the streets, like reaching random people. And I'm like, you know, you just kind of get like really big in your head, like, I need to do all this stuff. And then some opportunities came just kind of in my face of like family members and, you know, close friends that needed an ear and like needed some, you know. And -hmm. so I just decided to, let God be God and not <laughs> let Janelle be God. Yeah. <laughs> let them I mean? bring
1: the people to you.
0: <laughs> let, yeah. And yeah. I don't have to stress about it because yeah. if I'm open to the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. things will happen. Yeah, And you know, and a situation came into me where I just was open to it and I let it happen and it was good. And hopefully there'll be fruit coming out of it. And yeah. so I can't really, I don't want to really yeah. want to describe the situation, but, um, yeah. I think God that was the the message that he gave me this week is like Janelle, you don't have to do this. Let yeah. me do this. Yeah. And that is your way of being bold because sometimes I struggle so with like being bold means Janelle is superwoman or whatever in this area. And that's not what being bold means. Being yeah. bold is being humble.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. knowing that
0: God is working in that. And the yeah. humility piece of the boldness kind of I think I've shared that with I struggle with that a little bit. So um, we all do. Yeah. All do. yeah, Might, yeah you know. No, but
1: that is, that is hugely bold. Let God be God that we can struggle with that sometimes. Amen. Lot. So right? good job. Awesome. All right.
0: All right. So, so next
1: week we'll be back with part two,
0: part two, send us feedback. We would love yeah. your info and yeah, we'd love to hear what you're bold with. Share us on Instagram. Tell us how you were bold this week. We would love to hear it.
1: Amen. Have a good all week. Right. Bye.